your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thank you for making Locked On Winnipeg Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. We're available for you whenever and wherever you need us. On today's podcast, I thought it would be a fun time to take an early stock of the first few games from across the NHL, maybe look at some of the records, see which teams are doing well, which teams are struggling, and which teams I could see being surprise contenders, maybe, and maybe some teams that are surprisingly bad. We'll start off with the uh, the cream of the crop so far, though. Looking at the Eastern Conference, you can kind of tell that this year there is a lot of early competition for, like, top spots. You've got a number of actually pretty decent teams. The Caps, for my money, continue to be the top team to beat. I I think that they might be back and better than ever, which is kind of crazy to say. It's been a few years since we've seen this version of Washington that's just running over teams at even strength. And it's it's sort of rare to see them not only dominating possession and, and controlling scoring chances, but also capitalizing on them and scoring lots of goals. Obviously, this team is pretty good, but last year under Laviolette, I felt like the Caps took a noticeable step back, and the last few playoff runs haven't exactly been resounding successes. They've been first-round exits, the Caps haven't looked all that impressive. I really wasn't a strong believer in Laviolette being the right man for the job, but thus far, he seems to have gotten some really nice early returns, and one of the biggest surprises, I think, for the Caps has been Evgeny Kuznetsov. As Kuznetsov goes, so too do the Caps. He is probably one of their most important players, and I feel like nobody really talks about him, in part because the last few years for his career have been, well, something of a train wreck. He's caught COVID, he's had some off-ice discipline issues with drugs, I mean, it's just been a bit of a nightmare. And honestly, Kuznetsov will tell you himself when he's playing terribly. He uses some rather crass terms to describe it that I'm not going to repeat on here, but usually he's honest about how bad he's been. This year, though, I I don't know really what changed for him. Last year, there were signs that the the good two-way center that he used to be, somebody who could dominate play at both ends of the ice, was starting to return, somebody who led by uh, offensive example, and now he's finally starting to reap those rewards. Last year's performance, though, even on the score sheet, wasn't great. This year, he's actually hitting pay dirt, too. It's obviously way too early to read too much into his recent success, but with the Caps now 3-0-1 and generally looking like a really dangerous team, Kuznetsov's resurgence might be a major factor throughout the season, and if the Caps are to make the postseason, certainly in their playoff run. A couple of years ago, Kuznetsov might have been the Conn Smythe Award winner had a, a couple of other things not happen during their Magical Cup run, but, you know, you look at that team, you look at what Kuzi can bring when he's truly on form, and he is like a top 10 player when he's really at his best. It's just, you're never really sure when you're getting that best. I think the only thing that you have to worry about with Washington is the goaltending, and certainly you look at that tandem there and you're like, ooh, I don't know about this. I think Vanacek is the backup, and you've also got uh, Ilya Samsonov in net, 
which as the starter, he might be pretty good. He's shown some really good early signs in previous seasons. It's just he's never really had a full year under the uh, under the number one role. So we'll see how he handles this year. You know, if he stays healthy and doesn't have any issues like he did last year, maybe we'll see him steal this number one role and truly run with it. The funny thing is I use the word steal, but he's not like really competing against anyone. However, I do see a scenario where he really struggles and the backups start to rotate in more frequently, which for him would be a very bad situation. Also at the top of the East, though, we've got a couple of other interesting teams. The Florida Panthers continue to be just really darn good. Um, Joel Quenville continues to lead that team to greater and greater heights, and I just really see them being one of the forces in the East to really contend with. They may not be quite as established as the Caps are in terms of like a really long history of, of regular season and playoff success, but certainly this team this year could be an absolute menace. They're already atop the Atlantic Division with a 4 nothing record so far. Again, way too early to read too much into it, but a surprising run of form so far. They've been outscoring the opposition by a huge margin. They look like a really good team, and I think that there's a lot of balance. Um, if they can stay healthy and avoid serious injuries again, they might be okay throughout the rest of the season and really make a run for a deep playoff appearance. But, you know, this Panthers team, they're one to watch, and I'm very interested to see how they handle the rest of the year. Behind them is, shockingly, the Buffalo Sabres. They are currently 3-0, and and they have been like a defensive monster. This team is really not conceding much in front of the goaltending, and honestly, I think that's the most surprising thing. Ever since they jettisoned Rasmus Ristolainen, they switched to coaching staffs, and now they have Rasmus Dahlin playing at an elite level, this team looks totally different. Incredibly, they're doing all of this without Jack Eichel, and of course, Eichel seems like he's on the way out, so I, I kind of look at this team and I wonder... Are they going to bring him back, or are they just going to keep as is, trade Eichel, bring in some fresh talent, and look to maybe refresh this team? I, I don't know that I really believe in their record and that I think it's going to last. We've seen this team previous years have really good runs of form, but maybe there's something more sustainable about this if they continue to be a defensively dominant squad. Unfortunately for them, that trend did not carry in tonight's game against the Bruins. They ended up losing 4-1, but I still think that there is a chance for them to at least be more watchable, right? I think that's the big thing for Buffalo. Improve, be watchable, draw fans back in. I think that there's a lot of folks who aren't really interested in watching them anymore after the whole Eichel saga and really all the stuff that's kind of transpired out of the team. The last surprisingly good team that I'm going to talk about from the East has been the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I think have honestly defied the odds. You look at that roster, they have basically nothing. They're a team that's kind of down to AHLers and some veteran journeyman NHLers, plus a couple of really talented players like uh, Gensel and, and certainly Brian Rust, but you're not looking at any Crosbys. There's no Malkin. I mean, this team, for, for what it's worth, is basically a really spruced-up WBS Penguins with an okay NHL backline. And while that might sound like you could get away with it and be like a fringe wildcard team, the Penguins are almost near the top of the division. I mean, they're only one point behind Washington and the Rangers. So, you know, this team might be pretty legit. I think Mike Sullivan really doesn't get enough credit for just how good of a coach he is. He takes teams that frankly don't have NHLers on it and somehow makes it look like a functional, even playoff-ready team. As long as the goaltending holds up, that should be enough to carry the Pens through, at least for a couple of weeks. They're going to have to survive as long as they can without some other top players in Malkin and Crosby. So, you know, this is going to be seat of your pants time, but so far, a good early start. In just a moment, we'll take a look at a couple of these surprisingly good teams from uh, the Western Conference. And then towards the end, we will wrap up with some thoughts on maybe some of the uh, not-so-great teams. Before moving on to the West, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Built Bars are the best-tasting protein bars on the market. 
Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day every day. We are now moving on to the Western Conference and looking at some of the surprisingly good teams and checking out some teams that I think honestly deserve a little bit more credit. One of them that I think really has kind of caught people by surprise, but I was suspicious might actually be kind of decent if they got genuine goaltending, are the San Jose Sharks. This team, I think a lot of people were sleeping on them. In a lot of ways, I kind of put them in that bracket of like the Senators where they may lack some talent in specific areas, but their best players are still pretty good. They've got some exciting young players and prospects who are slowly joining the NHL ranks. And then, you know, they've actually gotten some decent coaching. This Sharks team, I don't know if they've really been super tested yet. I think they still have plenty to prove, and this is just a few games into the season. But they're 4-0 right now, and they've actually done a pretty good job of outscoring their opponents by a fairly big margin. They've only conceded seven goals through four games so far, and three of them came tonight against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road. So it's not like they're really giving up much. Aiden Hill has been very good in net. I think that that's been one of the surprise storylines. The Sharks picked him up from Arizona a while back, and then I kind of thought, you know, this might be Hill's big shot. Aiden had already been proven at the AHL level as a very good starter, but of course the biggest question was, could he take the next step up and be like a full-time NHL starter? It was never happening with the Yotes, but now that he's with San Jose, maybe he's finally the solution in that that the Sharks have been looking for. I think they've really struggled to find that lead number one goalie, especially in lieu of uh, Martin Jones not being that guy, and now they have somebody who might actually make a run for the title. Not a cup title, mind you, like a title just to have a starter role. I think Hill still has a lot to prove and certainly a long way to go, but so far, a good start to his early Sharks career. Now, when it comes to the West, you actually start to realize there aren't that many surprisingly good teams. There are a lot of teams that are surprisingly struggling out of the gates. Uh, the teams that I've noticed are, are definitely Colorado, and then on the other side, we've, we've got Vegas. Um, these two teams are a little bit leaky, uh, and of course, you know, this is not really what you would expect from Vegas. The Knights' defense has really been porous. Their goaltending isn't really carrying them either, and the offense has struggled to find the back of the net. So through just a couple of games, I think Vegas is a little bit concerned about the sheer amount of goals they've conceded. They've uh, given up 12 so far. And then you go over to the Central Division, and Colorado is just really struggling to keep the puck out of the net. With the departure of Grubauer, I think they were expecting whoever filled in behind him to be decent. I think this year it's Kemper, but I don't remember for sure. I know that they have a couple of goalies on the roster. I think Frontos might still be there, but it's just not anyone that I would really want to throw a lot of weight behind. I think Kemper can be good if they can recover, but this hasn't exactly been Colorado's flying start. And even more surprising, they haven't scored as many goals as you would expect through four games. Only 11. 
Usually this offense is good for like four to five goals a game. So, you know, hovering around three, which is closer to what you would expect from like a decent team, a tiny bit surprising, but really it's it's still very, very early in the season. This stuff happens all the time in small sample sizes. I'm sure the Avs will be fine. They'll recover and be a really good team. But, you know, it's just a uh, some early growing pains here heading into this new season. The same can be said for Nashville. They're not really scoring a lot, and they're also conceding a decent amount. So, again, the Central Division is kind of funny right now. There's a couple of teams that have 3-0 and records, and then everyone else is either mediocre or just plain bad. If you look at uh, Arizona and Chicago, that's a very, very perilous drop-off. Um, the, the Pacific Division is also kind of a mixed bag. You've got San Jose and Edmonton at the top. But I feel like the Oilers at some point, if Mike Smith ever starts to struggle, that's going to be an issue. They can score loads of goals thanks to McDavid and company, but defensively, still got some stuff to work out. You'd also expect Vegas to eventually crawl out of the early hole that they've built for themselves and start winning a lot more. I think that they're plenty good. I think that their defense will certainly improve. They'll start to hit pay dirt more frequently. And I think this early start is nothing for them to be particularly concerned about. If it starts to last for like multiple weeks and this is like a continuing trend, the Knights might be in trouble. But so far, too early to worry about that yet. And you might say, well, why aren't you worrying about Vegas if you worry about the Jets and their slower start? And it's like, well, the Jets have a proven track record of mediocrity or badness. Uh, Vegas has been a traditionally very good team, so I would expect them to rebound. The Jets, they're still struggling to create offense at even strength. So that's stuff that hasn't really changed. It continues to be a problem. And so for me, you know, I'm more concerned about the Jets than I would be if I was a Vegas fan. One team that might be a little bit concerned about their start, though, is Seattle. I think the Kraken are nowhere near as good as they were hoping to be. Defensively, they're a sieve, and offensively, they don't really create all that much. This uh, this Kraken squad, I know, has a, a talent deficiency that Vegas didn't really struggle with in their inaugural season, but even so, I feel like Dave Haxtell is still not really making the most of this roster. Again, it's still very early days, and they have had a brutal road schedule to start the season, but... Even still, if you're if you're a Kraken fan, I'm sure you were hoping for more than just one win in five games. That's not exactly a sterling start for anyone, especially a franchise that wants to build out fans. But again, they've already played more than most of the league, and they've had a pretty brutal start to the schedule, so I would anticipate some wins to start flowing in here as soon as they get some home games. Until then, though, the Kraken are going to have a couple of early tests and certainly some rocky waters ahead. In the East, I guess you could say Tampa Bay and the Islanders struggling out of the gates could be a little bit surprising. I don't think either of these teams is particularly worried about the long run. We all know that the Islanders and Lightning tend to be really good teams. Uh, Tampa Bay has conceded a lot relative to their standards, which you're not really going to expect to see happen over the long uh, long term. I think that this team will be fine. Even if they lose some players here and there, they should still be a cup contender once again. And the Islanders, they're also a really defensively resilient team. They're not going to give you that much. I feel like this 1-2-1 and one start, nothing really to sweat yet. They do want to work on some stuff about like closing out games and maintaining your consistent level of performance. But overall, again, these teams very early into the season, not much to worry about yet. Montreal, on the other hand, they may be panicking. Only four goals scored four in five games and uh, 19 goals against. 19 goals. It's been brutal for the Habs, and it's not exactly something that I could say was completely unexpected. This team maybe rose above itself, and now they have lost a couple of heart and soul players. Uh, their starting man, Annette and Carey Price, he's taken a leave of absence and is getting some treatment. And then Shea Weber is probably never playing in the NHL again. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough season for Montreal. The coaching staff really needs to think long and hard about its future. And I think the team itself kind of needs to gauge where it wants to go after this year. 
In just a little bit, we'll talk about which teams I think are the real deal and which teams I think are probably not going to sustain either their level of success or failure over the rest of the season. Before chatting about that, though, I thought you should hear about why you should win online with BetOnline.ag, the number one source for all your betting needs. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Into another sport? No problem. BetOnline has your back with European football, soccer, NASCAR, MLS, MLB, NBA, every kind of sport imaginable is at your fingertips. Go to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From all your favorite sports right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the safest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action, so start your winning path today. Sign up for a free account at betonline.ag and don't forget promo code LOCKEDON at registration. BetOnline, where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are talking a little bit about the uh, the start of the season, some teams that are doing well, some teams that are underperforming, and uh, whether or not we feel that these are real contenders or maybe some teams that are a little bit illusory so far in their early success. The Washington Capitals, for real. I don't really think that there's any question about that. They're still a very good team. They are basically built to win just about every year. I think the question is whether or not the goaltending can really hold up through the postseason and if Kuznetsov can show up consistently. Other than that, it's kind of hard to pick holes in this team, except if Peter Laviolette ends up going really conservative in the postseason, that would be a death knell for that team because, quite honestly, I don't think that they can really afford to sit deep. Just use your firepower to your advantage, go full force, kind of go from there. The 3-1-1 Rangers, though, are, are for me, not really contenders. This team, I think, right now is is a little bit fortunate. They're also getting some really great goaltending from Igor Shesterkin. I know that it's uh, obviously a young, fun team, and there are some pieces there that are really cool. But overall, this team still has a lot of work to do, and I think Gerard Gallant doesn't really have the roster yet to be a true contender. The Islanders, though, I don't really think are, are going to be too concerned about their start. I mentioned it earlier. I think they'll rebound pretty quickly, and the same can probably be said for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, as far as other teams that I think are pretty legit, Carolina and Pittsburgh will probably be fine. They are very hard to bet against. They're good teams. They consistently perform. Hard to see them really struggling and not making the postseason this year. The Florida Panthers are definitely also contenders for me. I think that they are straight up legit. They're a great team. They've shown some really good stuff over the past couple of years. I would expect them to be a a top seed in the East and certainly one of the teams to beat. Toronto? Don't know yet. Strange team. I I think that they are running out of time for them to be a really great contender. They're still a very strong team, but if they can't solve the goaltending issue and really find the ability to win in the postseason, that's going to be a tough one. I know that there are some things that are said about the Leafs that are just not true. This team, though, definitely has some playoff issues and demons to exercise, and until they do, they are going to be forever very good, but just not at that next level yet. In the West, uh, you know, it's really hard to figure out teams that I would say are really contenders. Um, Vegas and Colorado long-term probably will be unless something really goes wrong. I could also see Minnesota and the Blues like laying claim to this title. I think both the Blues and the Wild have some serious shortcomings. Um, the Wild especially don't quite have the roster to go toe-to-toe with like a top team in someone like 
maybe Washington or some of the other squads. The Blues have considerably more depth than some of the prospects that they've had for a couple of years are starting to make NHL impacts. I'm thinking about guys like Clem Coston who have been patiently waiting their turn. If the youth continue to really rebuild this team and kind of turn the roster over, the Blues are going to be a team to watch. I'd also expect Winnipeg at some point to start to rebound. I don't know how long it's going to take. This team definitely needs to work on special teams, especially the penalty kill. I think that they could be a very good top three team in the in the Central Division, but until they make some adjustments, it's going to be a rough start. As far as the Pacific Division is concerned, I don't really know what to say. That division is basically a crapshoot. The Sharks could be kind of legit. I still think they're more of a bubble team down the road, like a, a fringe wildcard chance, but if they get in, they could be a really difficult opponent. The uh, Oilers, of course, with McDavid, they'll always make the dance so long as he's fully churning at 100% alongside Dreisaitl and some of the other kids that they brought in, like Fogley. Uh, they still have some defensive issues, and I think the goaltending long-term, another problem. But if they get into the playoffs, I mean, you just have to put it in McDavid's hands and hope for the best. You'd think Seattle and Vegas will recover over the long term and kind of supplant either a Vancouver, Calgary, or Anaheim in that pecking order. You honestly think Seattle should be in, like, somewhere in the top four, that would make a lot of sense. And then Vegas coming in somewhere, either first or second, I think would make a lot of sense. But if either or both of these teams miss the playoffs, that whole playoff picture in the West gets very interesting. Suddenly it's the Central Divisions to lose, and that could be a lot of fun for Jets fans. I'd love to know your thoughts on the early start to the season so far. Be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked on Winnipeg Jets your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Collin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all your favorite platforms. As always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.